When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The A-List Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Hello, everyone. Celtics fans specifically, this is the A-List Podcast. I'm Kwani Lunas, joined by H.R. Blakely and Gary Washburn. And preseason slowly winding down. They have one, <coughs> Celtics at least have one more preseason game before the regular season starts. So this episode, we're going to recap what we've seen so far in the preseason and, of course, look forward to what you're hoping to expect in this upcoming regular season. So let's start with their win over the Knicks on Tuesday. Tatum with 28, eight rebounds, four assists. Jalen Brown with 17.6 assists and three rebounds. Porzingis with 20. The Knicks didn't start any of their start play any of their starters though. So what do you two, what did you gain from watching that game, at least from the Celtics perspective? And then what does it say about the fact that the opponent wasn't as worthy as it could have been? I mean, it's I mean, still the next, but, Well, I, I, I just think that Jason Tatum had a good day in practice. They call it a preseason game, but it, we, Jason had a good practice day. And we all want we want, always want to practice, practice the way we want to play. And Jason did that. I mean, he got 28, eight rebounds, and he could have easily had 40, mm-hmm. uh, easily. Uh, and, and so th- there's not a whole lot I think you can take away in terms of uh, accomplishment other than the fact that they made it through the game healthy. They broke a nice sweat. Some guys were able to do some things, get into a nice little flow, a little rhythm. Uh, and, and you're just hoping that, you know, this is just another building block for them going heading into the regular season where they are going to have tremendous expectations. And it, to me, the, the only thing I can feel good about if you're the Celtics is when you're playing a team that's bad or undermanned, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to handle your business, beat them enough to where the game is never really in doubt or or, or close. And that's what they did to this Knicks, who obviously, you know, they're sitting a lot of their core players uh, for this this preseason game. I thought it was a good effort. Uh, The Celtics were, I think, ahead by as much 27 in the first half. And the Knicks made it. I mean, the Knicks played hard. Like, it was kind of the opposite of last week where the Knicks played their frontline guys, the Celtics backups played really hard and make it. But you know, the Celtics kind of kept them at distance. I think the Knicks got within nine once in the second half. I know Quentin Grimes, boy, that dude could shoot. He had seven threes or whatever. And uh, McBride, I thought, had a, had a pretty good game. But I thought they showed their – they kind of, you know, flexed their muscles a little bit where guys are able to – there was a lot of ball movement, a lot of chemistry, the chemistry they're establishing. And they have still a long way to go to establish this chemistry – but I, I like the ball movement. I like the unselfishness. I like the emphasis, the defense. The most impressive thing I thought with Tatum was his attention to detail on defense. Mm-hmm. Like he had 28 points in 30 minutes. It was obvious he was trying to get his three-point shot down. He was emphasizing shooting that long ball, and he, he hit four or five of those things. And he'll say he, 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 points was not a problem. It was a attention to defense that I thought was impressive. I thought Jalen Brown had his his moments, Porzingis. So and and Drew Holiday wasn't really that great. I mean, he was cool, ten points, I think four assists, but he just kind of took a step back and kind of distributed a little bit. So it showed the flex of their muscles 
when they harness all this together. And I think that it's important to note that the that they're not going to get it together by next Wednesday against the Knicks. Like they could still be plenty good to win that game and to start out hot, but it's going to take 20 to 30 games for them to really get that flow and that rhythm with two new starters pretty much. And, you know, the starting lineup, who knows if it's going to be, you know, I don't believe in professional sports. You should like change the starting lineups depending on the matchup. I think that's kind of a college thing. Um, so what's the if you know who knows Missoula might try that, uh, but I I think that they'll be good to, to begin the season. But they're encouraging if you don't want them to be peak in October, you want them to be peak in April, May, and June. So I think fans should give this team some time to gel. But I think they're gelling and they're taking this uh, whole preseason thing seriously. They're not loud, you know, guys aren't taking rest days. Guys are practicing hard. So I thought last night was just a, a microcosm of that. And then, hey, the final game against Charlotte, they're they're supposed to play their regulars again. So they're taking this thing seriously because they got some rest before the opener. Um, but I think it was an encouraging sign. So, Sherrod, to your point, it really did look like a practice. Everyone got a, a sense of the rhythm of the, the flow of the, for the, you know, the rookies, the younger players. They got a sense of how they're supposed to be performing throughout this season. But one of the vets, Al Horford, his play, eight points, three rebounds, and three assists. What did you guys think about that performance? What you got, Gary? I thought Al's blending in. He came off the bench. You know, he's a guy who started his whole career, so we'll see how that goes, him coming off the bench at times. But, you know, the one thing I want to see from Al is that mid-range. And uh, his first bucket, was it was a kind of a reluctant mid-range shot, but it was a mid-range shot. and he was open. He had a, sorry, they had a small defender on him. He like looked around. He's like, okay, I'll shoot it. Boom. Yeah. You know, shoot the ball, Al. Shoot the ball from the mid range. Give this team even more options as opposed to only shooting threes or always passing out because you pan like, Al, you came into this league as a pretty damn good, he's always been a great defender, but you come into, you came into the league as a pretty good offensive player coming out of Florida. You were a good man in the post you could get those buckets go back to that guy we want to see that guy we do not want to see reluctant hesitant al only shooting threes oh no no get in the paint that little jump hook look short jumper get that down too. add that to your arsenal i was impressed by al horford and i think that's what celtic fans and folks need to see is a more engaged al horford not only shooting threes but in the paint at the mid-range you got to have your bigs Keep you got to keep the other bigs honest. You gotta you gotta know. Oh, you gonna leave me out here like this? Boom. Okay, I got you. You gonna you gonna sag in the paint and wait for Jason and Jalen to penetrate? Okay, you gonna leave me right here? But I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you every time. As opposed to you know looking to pass because he doesn't want to be that guy to take the shot. Don't be a reluctant shooter from that area because I think Al does have a touch. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has touch, and and he definitely needs to make his his imprint on the game. But for Al, I think that you know they've got plenty of guys who can score the basket, and certainly Al is one of them. I was more impressed with just his overall energy and and hustle. Uh, he made some plays at the defensive end of the floor that are very much in the vintage Al Horford, uh, you know, class and plays that I'm I wasn't sure if he could make. 
uh, anymore. You know, hustling for loose balls. You know, uh, balls going out of bounds, and he's able to wrap his arm around. You know, uh, you know Dante th- smack the ball off him, go out of bounds. Little things that. 37-year-old players typically don't do. And Al did a lot of those things. And that's why I think for him and his longevity, it is better for him to come off the bench. And I think that ultimately that's going to be part of the load management protocol for Al this season. That, you know, more times than not, he's going to come off the bench. I think there may be select matchups where a team has two physically imposing bigs where you maybe throw him in there for that. But there are a lot of teams that are built like that. And, And because of that, I don't see the benefit uh, a significant benefit of having Al in that starting lineup when, you know, truth be told, I'd much rather see him go against second line guys or, or play on maybe, uh, you know, the back end of that starting five coming in for Porzingis or coming in for Derek White or someone else, you know, that gives him a little bit more size in that front court. But this was, a, I thought this was a good performance for Al because he, again, he did the little things that they're going to need for him to do this season. Uh, and and he's showing the ability to do those things and do those things at an effective, high impact level. Uh, and as far as coming off the bench, uh, Al, you know, he's got to look, first of all, whether you come off the bench or start, your minutes ain't going to be there like they're used to. You're going to, so that playing time is not the issue. If anything, if Al has an issue with starting, it would be a signal that Al's ego is a little bit bigger than I thought. Uh, because what they're asking him to do, uh, and Tatum alluded to that. You know, if Al can come off the bench, any of us can come off the bench. So it, that gave me a sense that, you know, this may not be an experiment. This may be something that as a team they've talked about and Al has, has talked about. And I think Al's probably made it clear that I'll do what, you know, whatever you need me to do, uh, Joe, to, if it's come off the bench, if it's start, I just want to win. And that's kind of the way Al has carried himself during his time in Boston. So it w- I would be shocked if Al has an issue with coming off the bench. Now, let's be clear. There's a difference between coming off the bench and registering DMPCDs. Now, if he gets one or two of them, oh, hell, we got a problem. Oh, hell, we got got a major problem. (laughs) Mas problema. We got a big problem. Okay, that's funny. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets, Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 21 and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com, gamblinghelplinema.org, or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start, gamesensema.com, or call 1-800-GAM-1234. So, what's, so Shira, what's second of all? First of all, what, what <laughs> When the brothers say first of all, there's never a, a second of all. <laughs> so I'm I'm second of all. Give us, give us a second it. of all. Second <laughs> of all, if things, will get, things, might go, things might get real, real bad. Um, 
if he ain't, if he's not playing, Al's, okay. Al's going to play because they don't have any other bigs that can play. And I'm not counting uh, your boy Cornette because the more I see him play, the less impressed I am that he can help this team at all. Yeah. I mean, he just he just looks there was there was a play in the game where he was coming back on defense and he tried to like basically uh, come out and defend. And I can't remember which which play for the Knicks, but they basically took three dribbles and they had blown past him. And fortunately, Al was on the floor, so Al was able to cut off what would have been an easy layup. But Cornette, I think, is going to be a liability uh, in a lot of matchups if he's out there. Uh, and to me, why the hell are you playing guys who are potential liabilities for you? Um, the there was a reason is, why my guy... What's that? No, the thing is, like, freaking, like, Rizula said he was a backup center. And it's like you kind of declared in the backup center, like I'm looking, I'm waiting for minutes from Gabriel and Keto. Those are the two guys I want to see. We'll see what happens in the, in the last preseason game. But they didn't get no run. And Luke is. And they kind of and and it was interesting. He kind of declared Luke the backup center. And it was like, you know, and I like Luke. Very nice guy. He's a gentleman. Great with us, doesn't take himself too seriously. A very probably one of the funnier guys on the team because he's got that deadpan, you know, humor. You know, he just he's yeah. he's he's very polished uh young man, obviously out of Vanderbilt University and and has and has been around the league, but it's like you know, that's gonna be your backup center. He's doing that many good things on the floor to where you're like you're gonna hand him the job over two dudes who are kind of dogs. I like Keita, and I'm getting a lot of the fans are emailing me about Keita. Like, they want to see more of that guy. So we'll see what happens in this final preseason game or whatever, and and, and whether he gets some real uh, look at, at Keita because, you know, he's on a two-way contract. But, yeah, Sherrod, like, I can't, I'm with you on the Cornette thing. Like, I'm, I don't see it. Maybe they see it, obviously. But for Joe to go out on the limb and kind of say, like, he's our backup, like, oh, okay, you just handed him a job already? Like, you, th- that was interesting. So I think we might see be seeing a lot more Luke Cornette in more of a backup role to, to Horford and to Porzingis than people, a lot of, some people probably want to see. I think that might be, Gary, why I think they may look long and hard about not going double big so that they can keep Al and Porzingis, you know, playing with each other, but not playing significant minutes with each other, and to keep Luke off the floor. Um, I, 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 like I said, Luke is he's he's a good guy, he's a good dude. But yo, when you, I mean, when when you got the easy pass for everyone that that's guarding you, or excuse me, that you're supposed to be guarding, that's not good. I mean, that's not, and he's not physically impo- he's not physically imposing enough to where you put him out there against a big, he's not gonna get tossed around like a rag doll. So, and and the thing about shooting, it's great that he can space the floor, but guess what? You got to do seven foot three who can do that. You got a guy now, Horford, who can do that. You don't necessarily need him to give you that floor spacing when he's on the floor. So if he's not a physically imposing big and you don't necessarily need him to be a shooter, you know, and he's not, what exactly are you getting out of him? Um, So it'll be interesting to see how how, how things go forward with with Luke. Good question. I'm with you on that. I said I'd like to see Gabriel. Gabriel um, didn't play. Neither did Kita. We'll see what happens. You know, I think I think that last preseason game is a key to see what happens and and how they view. Will Gabriel get a roster spot? What about Lamar Stevens? I'm not talking about the even center position, but other positions. What about Lamar Stevens? He didn't get any run last night. I don't think they played. You know, your boy O'Shea said along with Banton and kind of like that second unit. 
I mean, I like Lamar Stevens, so we'll see how this turns out um, in terms of just the roster. But, yeah, like, if Luke is your backup center, I think that's a concern. Mm. Facts. All right, so at this point, the Celtics are 3-1 and one in these practice preseason games. We have one more ahead of us, but so far, what has been your biggest takeaway, other than Luke Cornett not being the best backup? <laughs> I, mean, I guess my biggest takeaway is, is just, you know, really, if there was such a thing as the preseason team MVP, it'd be Peyton Pritchard. Um, he's been one of the more consistent players for the Celtics. And yes, we're talking about his offense, but he's, he's been, he's been kind of feisty defensively. Like when they, when they gone full court press, he's been among the guys out there pestering guys uh, defensively. So to me, he's been the big takeaway just because of his ability to not just make shots, but make them consistently. We've always known he can make, he can shoot but he hasn't really been as consistent as we've seen him in his preseason. And part of that has to do, a big part of that has to do with the fact that he's getting an opportunity. He's not splitting time with two or three other guys for that, for those minutes. He's actually the guy that they're looking to coming off the bench and combine that with, you know, some of the struggles, you know, that some of their other, you know, shooters have guys like, you know, Sam Hauser, who actually started to turn a corner, but for a good chunk of the preseason really wasn't making shots. Uh, Peyton has put himself in a great position to be a regular rotation guy once the games start to count. Uh, biggest surprise, just, just the, the overall chemistry and the flow of, of preseason. No issues. Uh, they're working hard. They seem to be all on the same page. It's just such a there's no there's been no drama. Obviously, last year was the email drama and, you know, what happened in that situation, how the players feel. And there was all that drama coming out of training camp where they just went into the season with so much noise. In this situation, there is no noise. There's just like focus on the task at hand, winning the championship, being one of the best teams in the league, winning the East. And I think that that focus is something that's, I think the biggest factor in what I see is that stands out is like guys are like locked in on getting the job done. And I think Jason said something very astute uh, the other night about Joe. Like, he just feels like Joe has more control, more confidence. It's a different Joe, you know, a different Joe, a kinder, uh, gentler Joe, right? Kinder, gentler <laughs> Joe. Uh, and, you know. Like a, like a soft Sasquatch. A yeah, nice, kinder, kinder, kinder Joe. gentler a Joe. Book, a children's book. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the fireside Joe. chats with Joe Missoula. Gentle Joe wins a chip. Yeah, Sunday Sunday afternoons, a, 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 an afternoon with Joe, uh, having some, you know, having a glass of lemonade on the on the on the porch. I mean, to me, like people you know, always, oh, well, Joe's Joe's Joe didn't like you. Joe hate you. Like <laughs> Joe didn't hate me. Okay, we we was good. Okay, we went at it. Um, you know, and that's fine. And I, I'm you know, I've gone at it with coaches before. But I think this Joe that I notice is just more comfortable in his own skin, which is understandable. He's he's more comfortable with the with the with the situation around him, his assistant coaches. The atmosphere is better. I mean, it's hard to coach when one, you're coaching with emates guys. And as much as that they were professionals, Ben Sullivan, my man, main man, Mike Moser, half a season of Damon Stoudemire, Aaron Miles, uh, Garrett Jackson, like as much as those guys were pros, it is nothing against them. 
they were all figuring out where the hell they was going to be next year. And, and you got, I'm sure they're texting Ime who's telling them, hey, hey, fellas, the moment I get, a, get another gig, you're coming with me. So, you know, wherever that is, it, for a minute, remember, it was going to be Brooklyn. So I'm sure you had some of those guys figuring out, okay, am I going to Brook? Am I going to leave in the middle of the season to go to the Nets? Um, do I got to find a place in New York? Like, what's going on? And that kind of fizzled. And then Houston, he took, you know, he took three guys to Houston. And then Aaron Miles, I think, went to New Orleans. So, you know, coaching with a staff that was kind of had one foot out of the door because they felt like they had to is got to be difficult for Missoula. I, I, you know, then Damon Stoudemire, your only old head, former NBA player, former rookie of the year, Mighty Mouse, a, a, amazing guy. Got to know Damon pretty well during the season. You know, he leads, he, he, he wanted to coach in college again, ACC job. One of the best conference in the world, ACC. Now that my now that they invited my Cal Bears, um, thank you, thank you. Finally, we're the best because he's a refund. Can we get a refund? (laughs) But he takes an ACC job, so he's gone. So I think it's a, and I just think Jason's saying like, and Jason's remember, Jason's always been a proponent for Joe, and I think that's one of the reasons they didn't let Joe go was Jason was like, nah, like he's my guy. I'm going to stick with this dude. And I think they needed to stick with somebody. I was never on the fire, Joe. Now, I will say, if they had lost game four against Miami and gave up like they did game three, it might have been time. It might have been an indication that they gave up on him and they, they're they tuning him out. But they came back and won three consecutive games. And then we saw what happened in game seven. Jalen nine turnovers. Jason sprains his ankle. And they get blasted. But I think that that saved his job. But also, Jink, a new staff, new environment, getting his family settled, getting used to has really made him change. And I think Jason saying that and just saying like, you know, and pushing them and then being open minded to not relying so much on the three pointer, learn how to call timeouts, listening to his players and his staff, paying, paying, sorry, playing Peyton Pritchard, taking him out of the doghouse. Because we all saw what was what happened with him and Grant Williams last year. And I always say, like, we all love Grant. We miss Grant. Grant got a raw deal last year. Grant's a good NBA player. Not a great NBA player. Not a guy who's probably going to be an all-star. But a guy who's essential on a good ball club. And he got a raw deal last year from being in Joe. Without, whatever reason why those missed free throws in Cleveland, talking too much to officials, Whatever it was, got him in the doghouse. But I think new frame of mind for Missoula, and I think that set the tone for this this training camp to where everybody's positive. Cassell's there. Cassell talking your ear off. Charles Lee, who I thought was kind of a quiet dude, but I'm you know people are seeing like, oh no no, he don't stop talking. So you got two talkers, and also the pressure. And then you can say what you guys think about this, like. Joe's looking over and seeing two dudes who want to be NBA head coaches. So Joe got to step his game up too. You got two guys who can very capably take over an NBA team. Charles Lee's the next major coaching prospect, right? I mean, it's kind of a wonder. We don't know why Cassell hasn't been hired. We don't know. We ain't heard nothing about Cassell, Sam off the floor. And we heard, I don't know. It's a mystery. And then Charles Lee's on that high list of guys. Charles Lee might be there for a year. 
because whatever job opens next year, you know, uh, Charles Lee's going to get an interview. So that also puts pressure on Joe to step his game up. Yeah. All right. I mean, so, oh. Go ahead, Mike. No, you yeah. got it. Go ahead. Oh, so I, I was just going to move forward and talk about this rhythm of the team overall. We've seen a lot of full court presses, double teams, blitzing the handlers. So do you think that what we've seen so far, still preseason, is a new brand of Celtics basketball, or is it just good luck because it's preseason and the opponents aren't, again, playing up to the regular season standard that we're used to? Well, I think they're trying to practice the way they want to play. Uh, they they know they have to become a more consistently elite defensive team. Because you look at their, their numbers at the end of the season, they're great. They're among the top teams statistically in several categories when you talk about defense. But the eye test tells you differently. The eye test tells you that there will be there have been pockets where they look just absolutely putrid defensively, mm-hmm. where they look like they like just got thrown together uh, at an AAU tournament or something like that and never played with each other. And they're expected to be this cohesive group. And other times they look like brothers in ours for decades where they just lock kids up, you know, at, at the defensive end of the floor. So I think what we're seeing them is, is looking at different ways that they can be more connected defensively. And full court pressing is something I thought that they did a good job against New York. And I wasn't so consumed by uh, the results of their double teaming and their tilting and their full court pressing. But just the fact that this was something that they made a priority to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe has talked about that that they have to become a a better defensive team. And he's talked about his own shortcomings and having prepared them to be a better defensive team last season. And it's pretty clear and obvious that he ain't making that same mistake again Uh, because his inability to really get them to buy into on a consistent basis what they had to do defensively may very well have been one of the factors as you go back and look at last season that kept them from getting to the finals. Uh, And and so, Joe, I I give him a lot of credit for owning, you know, what he wasn't as great at as he'd want to be, looking at ways to be better in that regard. And and I think the proof will be in the results that we see that this Celtics team is going to be statistically probably where they were or close to where they were a year ago. But there's going to be more consistency with it. You're not going to have the ebb and flow defensively that we saw last year. Uh, where they would be incredibly magnificent against, you know, a top two, top three team in the NBA and just a bunch of strangers in, in the night uh, mm-hmm. when they play a team that's not quite at that level. So that that's kind of where they're at. I think the, and they're, that's why I think their defense is really going to be just the, the key to unlock all the possibilities for greatness for this team this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the defense is the key because I think this team is going to score. You got nothing but scores on the floor. But can you mix up your defenses? You know, the whole, like, man-to-man switching everything, that's great. But teams can figure out how to beat that. And what they've learned, I think, from the Miami Heat was it's okay to mix in a zone, a trap. It's okay to to mess with the opponent's heads defensively and have them, when Dane Lillard comes down, he's facing a trap that he wasn't expecting, and you, you, you're you expecting he's got to make a fast decision. He's got to throw the ball. He's got to give the ball up or whatever. He's got to throw it to Connaughton. He's got to lob it over to Brooke Lopez or try to find – like he's got to do something he probably wasn't expecting to do. It's okay to to throw some, some wrinkles and some surprises, and it's not necessarily always going to be as effective as you want to force a turnover, but it could force a rush shot. It could force – someone who didn't want to shoot to shoot. Um, 
it could get the ball out of the hands of Giannis and Lillard or Jimmy Butler and Hero or, you know, Embiid and if it's James Harden or whoever, Tyrese Maxey. Like, it can it can be an effective means of, of throwing different wrinkles and not being so predictable. And I thought the Celtics last year, one, were too easy to defend, and two, defensively, were switching everything, even in times where they didn't need to where Jalen should have went with the man that he was guarding instead of switching because the switch got disconnected. Somebody took a quick step to the basket, got fouled, things like that. Things were like, you know, you had your best defender on him, but then he gave it up to a lesser defender and that lesser defender got scored on. So I think throwing zones, traps, if they can, you know, still maintain that energy, because it's hard to play full court defense. It's hard to play defense for 48 minutes and then concentrate on scoring. If they can do that, they'll be a so much better team than last, even last year. Defense wins championships. That's what they say. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, was clever, that was clever. That was clever, Kwani. It You know, I actually coined that, that phrase. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never heard that before. <laughs> So profound that Kwani Lewis. I try to drop some gems every episode. Oh, you dropped something, all right. Viewers, listeners. <laughs> oh my gosh, the eye rolls. If eye rolls could kill. All right. Well, that's all I have. Did you want to say anything else before we wrap it up? <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Good night. God, no. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm looking forward to get for the, the actual season to get started. I I, I think we all are. Uh, the preseason games, we, we know this team is good. We know they're experimenting with some things as far as lineups, uh, focus in terms of defensive focus and, and things of that nature. But uh, I'm really curious to see them get this thing going and play a team like New York that obviously has something to prove as well. Uh, this It's not going to be just kind of a walk in the park. They're going to have to really they're gonna have to play. Uh, and that's a great thing to have to come out the gates of doing that, particularly having to do it on the road. So uh, looking forward to getting this thing going uh, in, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think it's going to be a hell of an exciting season. I think the NBA is just filled with all these storylines and things like that. And I I think it's going to be interesting. We'll have to watch out for the roster, how the roster shapes up, or whether there'll be some unexpected cuts. I mean, I don't think they have a lot of cuts to make. Um but we'll see what happens with the cuts and who makes the roster. And if the, someone has to go to Maine or, or, or see how that goes. Um, but I also think that, you know, this team, from what I've seen from just the unbiased opinion, it's just they really are locked in more than I've probably ever seen a Celtic team in the preseason. I'm not saying they've been the previous team messing around and hanging out and all that. They took care of it. They, they did their work or whatever, but just being – locked in on like, you know, as we saw a couple of years ago, Emay's first team start off so like 19, 18 and 21. And they were just, it seemed like they just weren't ready for the season. And then last year, Joe's team started off really fast. And then they kind of hit some skids and, and, you know, in December when they lost those uh, two back-to-back games to, to the, to the Orlando magic. And it kind of, they got back on, but I think this team understands the importance of one, the regular season and, the NBA understands the importance because these fools going to have to play now. We can talk about that, the these new uh, rules and, yeah. and Sherrod's buddy. And we can talk about that. Joe Dumars, uh, you know, one of his one of his close friends is the GM he covered. He spoke to a couple of reporters, including myself, and was like, 
you know, and Joe laid the rules there. When, when Joe says something, you listen. You listen. Yeah, you listen. Joe ain't playing, right? Joe, one of them old cats, still got that old man strength. So don't don't step to Joe. Right. Um, and he said basically one 82 game season, not 62 game season. Mm. Two, uh, better All Star game. Three, the in season tournaments here and get used to it. You know, adjust. You know. Quit thinking about the, this ain't the old days no more. We're going to have an in-seats tournament until, you know, unless something really bad goes wrong, th- this is how it's going to be. So um, it's going to be an interesting, exciting season, a different season with this in-season tournament. We don't know how that's all going to go, whether the Celtics are going to be in Vegas, how they're going to take that seriously. Uh, you know, they should be favored. If you look at their division, their, their group, Toronto, Chicago, Orlando, and Brooklyn. Like a, a lot of teams that could bite them, especially Orlando. Watch out for the Magic this year. And because obviously the Magic had no problem beating the Celtics last year. And then Brooklyn is always tricky. So, but the Celtics should be favored to get to the to the to the to the midseason crown championship. We'll see how that, that goes. But I think it's gonna be a fun season. Um, nothing but excitement. You just pray that all the players. Not only is it to stay healthy, you know, you know, you don't want no knee, you don't want no guys getting hurt and and d- damaging their chances. You want everybody to stay healthy and have a great season. Facts. I hundred percent agree. Well, that's a wrap. Second, on- second of all, oh. oh no, my gosh, not second of all. <laughs> Listen, Cal, just be happy you in a conference, all right? First of all, like Sharon, when the brothers say first of all, they never know second of all. <laughs> first of all, first of all. Wrong. Second of all, nobody cared that that's you all. That's all I had to say. Like, wait a minute, there's supposed to be a list here, fool. <laughs> <laughs> you like first. Well, of first of all, it's time to go. But <laughs> by the time we reconvene next week, we'll decide what it, when we're going to report. But the preseason will be over. We will be starting one of 82 games. No, you know, 82 game season. I heard Joe. But until then, for Ashad Blakely and Gary Washburn. I'm Kwani Lunas. This is a list of podcasts. Thanks for sticking with us. The CLNS Media Network is powered by FanDuel. Sign up at fanduel.com slash Boston and get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. You place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. Ever wish you could navigate the betting field with the confidence of a pro? Enter odds are. They're not a sports book but they're the sports betting advisor you always needed. It's like having a playbook for smarter bets right in your pocket. I've been absolutely loving the experience, and I think you will too, especially since Celtics all-access listeners get a 30-day free trial. Elevate your game day and join the smart betting revolution. Go get it at oddsr.com slash Celtics. That's oddsr.com slash Celtics.